Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 155 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and I'm joined by the founding minister for the Ecumenical Church of Inter-Animal Activated Crystal Healing Practitioners, and also of the activist group Nacho Cheese Flavoured Corn Chip Powder on Finger Lickers for Peace, it's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Mate, there's so much in there. How do I so digest that? How do, how do you unpack that? Hey? Yeah, that's fantastic. That's well written. I like that. Thank you. That's good. I that's worked really on good. that before. Good start. When you said to me, are you prepared? And I said, <laughs> I am prepared. You know what? Yeah. No, that's definitely. the intro for a while. It's very gritty. Very oh, gritty. So, so gritty. We're still on the grit, aren't we? And Nacho it's working. cheese grit. It's working, the grit. Is it? Uh, yeah, because... Uh, Lauren Paxino on Patreon yes. has increased her pledge. Oh, from from two to three dollars. As that's Laura Laura Paxino. Yes, did I say that? No. Yeah. What did I, I say? Lauren. Lauren. Oh, did Lauren. I? I'm yeah. sorry, Laura. Please yeah. don't decrease your pledge now. <laughs> if you just do, got, just take so, it out of Lewis's one, not mine, Laura. <laughs> so the grit's working, mate. Fantastic. The grit is working. Too. The grit's yeah, well, she's uh, thanks very much, Laura. Much appreciated. Do you know Laura? Obviously, you do. Yes, yeah, yeah. Christina and I worked with her at um at uh, Cranbourne. She was a, ah. a a excellent vet nurse out there, which is uh, quite some time ago that we uh that we worked with her. But uh, yeah, very, very, very uh yeah, very talented vet nurse. She was excellent, excellent to work with and very good fun too. And very generous by the look of it too. So thank you very much, Laura. L- Laura, yeah. oh, that was Laura with an A. Anyone who's listening. <laughs> so uh, you've been doing anything else other than burning the names of people that are trying to support us? Well, I've been burning a few nurses at work, actually. Sonny, you should bring oh, that up. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Well, Happy sort of that. Happy Nurse Day. Well, well, you know, since, yeah, since, since I brought up the uh, the grease aspect and that it was, uh, there was one of, one of the, you know, particular indie, one of the nurses at work that, it, well, firstly, apparently I've been told she's not a nurse, she told right. me. But, but I've been calling her a nurse, so she's oh, a okay. trainee nurse, I guess. So just a little clarification there. Right, but, yep. uh, but a bit of comment from the other nurses who I didn't know even listen to the podcast. How come Indy gets a mention and we don't? So right. to all the nurses Lift your and, game not, up then, girls. and not nurses, I appreciate all of you and it's great. Uh, there's no favoritism at all. It's just that Indy <laughs> happened to mention she was a listener and I didn't know everyone else listened. Um, and also to Rihanna as well. She, a special mention, our receptionist, oh, not a right. nurse, not a trainee nurse. No, no. Um, tried to find our podcast on Stitcher, which is a popular Google uh, app for podcasts. Couldn't find us. We're still uh, episode 64 when we're on uh, 154. All right, gee whiz. And, and Stitch is a pretty popular app. So I actually went in and updated it. And uh, and so we're now on Stitcher. So I'm pretty sure our listener numbers. Skyrocketing. Let's get it up there. Yeah. For the sponsors who are listening, this is where it starts. This is where it starts. Hamish and Andy, here we come. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Nice. So what's the with you, mate? Uh, well, I actually, um, I've, I've come up with a new syndrome, Lewis. I, um, you know, the, I've, I was worried in this game that I was, I was never going to make a difference, that I was never really going to have a chance of being able to name something or discover something. But I think I've come up with something now, mm-hmm. and it's really important. It's something that we see all the time, but that I, I don't think we actually, we, once something, you've, once you've given something a name, Oops, I lost you there. Hang on. Hang on. You're gone quiet. You pressed your off button on your mic. No. No. I lost you. No. Can you hear me? Because I can't hear you. You've, is it your phone? Is your phone on Bluetooth or something? Just. No. Well, listeners, so thanks very much for joining us. This is the this is going to be one of the 
is that maybe we can get Deb on board because we seem to have lost Robbie and uh, he's just he's just at home. It's it's interesting watching. He's, he has got. I must say, listeners, he's he's bought a new ring light. As you see, all the Instagram followers, the the famous people on Instagram, have got the models. Insta models have got the ring light so that so that you can get a beautiful hue to his face. And uh, no, I still can't hear Robbie. No, but but so he's got a lovely hue to his face with the ring lights, really showing off his complexion beautifully. And um, and he was going to talk about something, but I guess it's my turn to uh to move on. He, he's still Marcel Marceauing me on the screen because we have got absolutely <laughs> that's not going to work for the for the listeners. But uh, I uh, we might just take a short break and come back when Robbie's back. Hi, I'm Dr. Katrina, and you're listening to, is it, hang on, Two Vets, Two Pets, right? Uh, two, vets, two, vet- t- two Vets, Talk Pets. Talk Pets, Two Vets, yeah, okay. Hi, I'm Dr. Katrina, and you're listening to Two Vets, Talk Pets. How about now? Can hey, you hear me? Hey, there you go. Hey, that What's was a short there? break. Now we're back. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't there? swear then. I was going to have to cut that out. What happened then? I got no idea. Like it's, oh. I've, just, I've just clicked on the thing of saying, um, yeah, putting the USB. Like I pulled the microphone out, put the microphone back in again. And now here we are. So anyway. Excellent. All right. So you're saying you, you're giving us a, a bit of a rundown on, on a syndrome that you've... Uh, You've you've discovered or, or named oh, put a put a name to because yeah, once you've yeah. named something, Lewis, you can do something about it. And so yeah, what yeah. I've called this is the high chair spread. Ooh, the high Ooh. chair spread okay. is the syndrome that you see for dogs that can last between two to six years, depending on how uh, how many kids a family has of when the kid sits in the high chair and all the food that falls off the high chair that the dog eats. So Ah. over that two to six year period, the dog's putting on an awful lot of weight. So I call it the high chair spread because I was speaking to someone during the week that has, you know, they're up to their second kid in the high chair. The oldest one is, is sitting at the table. So much less debris on the ground, but the dog's been well trained from the first kid to be hanging around for the, uh, for for the, the the shower, the waterfall of uh, of food that hits the ground. Very nice. I like it. It's, it's sort of a double meaning there. We're talking, you know, high high chair spread, as in the spread of of the different types of food that are that are introduced to the the baby in the high chair, but then also the spread, as in the spread of the waste line of the dog that's that's it that's in uh, that's eating the the leftovers on the ground. I like it. A, a clean double entendre. You can tell your grandmother. Yes, very nice, mate. Fantastic. And also, oh, this week I um, I uh, I actually I've got to thank Deb. I've got a bit, good bit of help this week from her with a um a urine sample that I had brought in by a client. It was sort of uh, sort of a bit of a weird case that uh the dog had pooed inside a couple of times. I'm struggling to remember a little bit. I think it had pooed inside a couple of times. A little bit of diarrhea, a little bit of softer poo, which sometimes happens. There's urgency. They don't get to the doggy door in time, and they poo inside. But then was also weeing inside small amounts all around the house at the same time. So it was a bit sort of like, oh, which what's going on here? And the owner actually thought they'd seen the. That's right. They'd seen the dog straining a lot and so they thought the dog was actually constipated and then when it would go to the toilet it would just produce a little bit of mr whippy just on the ground just yeah okay nice yep. little you know little so yeah. it's obviously just not constipated but actually just straining and maybe a little bit of colitis or inflammation of the colon tenismus yes it was causing the causing the straining um and got you know, got a urine sample we walked out the front you know i said oh, i was getting a urine sample. walked out the front walked around for about five or ten minutes of course no urine sample wouldn't do one for me. And then luckily I only got one fairly quickly. And I, uh, I got the sample, had a look under the microscope and I was having a lot of trouble identifying what I was looking at. Yeah. Right. And I managed to take a couple of photos and send them through to Deb. Yep. And Deb came back to me, said, you've got some white cells there and you've got some coronated red cells there. Which yes. I won't show what they were. I could tell they were red blood cells, but the little things on them I'd forgotten. And, yes. Uh, just a little spiky bits as they, yes. as they dehydrate. 
Yes, yeah. And so uh, very, very helpful. And um, so thank you very much, Deb. That was much appreciated. But interesting with, um, I was then showing one of the vet students who we had work at the day a little bit of how to, how to look at the urine. And of course, I was in my wisdom pointing out to her that they were in fact cronated red blood cells and oh, that was a white cell. Yes, yes. actually, as, as I knew. Yes, yeah, yeah. After having had checked your message back, yeah, yes, and don't forget, right. don't forget to get the bread and and bring some bring some cat litter home too. Yes, yeah, that's right. And uh, but but Deb's uh, Deb's good point is with the urine is is a lot of um, uh, I think a lot of the vets these days love to stain their urine. Yeah, when they're when they're looking for bacteria. But Deb's big thing is when you stain the urine, you end up with just a lot of mucus, and it's right. very hard to see. And so you're much better looking at it uh, with uh, just uh, dried on the slide. Um, turn the phase down, um, high power, and often you can just see the bacteria there. Anyway. Turn the phase down low. Yeah, so the yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and it's a really good way to look at. It. So, and then obviously, if you get stuck, there's always the option of sending photos uh, <laughs> to your to, wife. Yes, yeah. that's right, exactly. So, thank nice you very much, Deb. Send them through to two vets talk pets at gmail.com, and Lewis will pass them on to uh to Deb Kirk. I mean, <laughs> more more than happy to offer, offer that for all our Patreon supporters. No worries. <laughs> Laura, Laura, Lauren, Lauren, Lauren Paxton. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Send no. us through any pictures. No, not, not Lauren. <laughs> Laura Paxino. I know who it is. I go. know who you are. Hey, speaking of troubles with names, um, so I, I had one. I had one this week. That um, so I got this. Uh, he's a he's a sixteen year old cat, sixteen and a half year old cat who's got diabetes, but he's also got. Uh, chronic bronchitis. He's also got chronic ear infections. He's also, he's also got um, pharyngitis. All of these things that I'd love to try and treat him with some cortisone, but I can't because of the diabetes yes, that he's got. Yes, um, yes. But um, he's uh, so he's, his name's Mouse, right? You know, great, great name for for a cat called Mouse. Yeah, um, cute. To try and help him out with his uh, with his bronchitis, I've had to uh, use some of the human um, human uh, asthma medication, the yep. um, the the fluticasone um, puffer. Um, puffer, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So so he's got his little he's got his little mask and he's got his little spacer, but the owner needed a new script to go and get um, the the puffer from the chemist. So I had to write out the script, you know, um, please dispense, you know, this for for mouse. Um, and so she's taken the script into the chemist and I. Saw her the other day she had a bit of trouble with that script the other day so like, oh, really how come so they couldn't work out whether or not it was for a mouse or whether it was for a cat <laughs> i said what do you mean i said well because on the top there it said you know mouse and then last name and then you know feline and and i said oh okay well that's a bit weird because you know it's a bit strange for poor chemists to have to get scripts from from vets they're not they're not used yeah, to it no. all the time. So, no. so, so yeah, she had to try and explain that. No, no, I've got a cat called Mouse who's got, who's, who's got asthma. And so therefore he needs the pump. So please, can we sort this out? Because it's <laughs> yes. not necessarily rocket science. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, there you go, mate. Wow. Okay. So it's almost like having, having a chicken called Nugget. Yes, yes, yes. All right, big thank you to our supporter, uh, Zilkeen. Uh, mild anxiety uh, lowering medication um, that uh, I can use for cats or dogs. Um, you sprinkle on the food. Um, it's great for, for any sort of if you're traveling with your, your cat or your dog, or maybe you're thinking maybe they've got a little bit of some anxiety issues. You can you can certainly put it on. It's a gr- it's a great product. So thank you very much, Zilkeen. Yeah, and, I had I, I had yeah. a um a, someone during the week. She's actually got four cats in her house, and mm-hmm. so they're starting to get a little bit a little bit funny. <clears throat> so I said, you know what, you should do? you should try some Zilkeen. I said, but what you should do, you should get the big dog one yeah. and then split it up into four i said yep. now you know if you want when you open it up you can you can put it on a mirror and you can cut it up with a credit card if you want that's completely up to you but just shut the curtains first because if your neighbors see you're trying to cut up little bits of powder on a mirror with a credit card or with you know then they, they might start to think but you know just make sure then you just put it into your kitty cats yeah good excellent and also a big thank you to delicate care yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Australian made, um, yeah, made over in Perth. Uh, lots of different uh, great ranges, particularly the uh, the skin and uh, skin and stomach sensitivity one, the novel protein diet, duck and kangaroo. Um, but uh, they've got weight management, mobility support. They've got dental diets. Um, they've got uh, uh, many many different options. Go and have a talk to your vet if your if your dog or cat has a bit of an issue dietary wise, or you'd like to try something that's uh, a little bit different. If your dog's been a little bit upset or a cat's been a bit upset 
why not go and have a try of, uh, of some delicate care? Excellent. Big thank you to Andre from Delicate Care, who uh, nearly took me to breakfast at a COVID hotspot the other day in Port Melbourne. But luckily, we changed went to Park instead. So thanks so much, Andre. Appreciate this, the late change in, in venue. So lucky. So yeah, lucky. So we know, lucky. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's been an absolute hotbed, Port Melbourne. I keep, yes. um, keep waiting to see whether or not the Port Melbourne Vet Clinic comes up on one, and then you'd have an extended holiday. It'd be well, interesting, interesting thing with the um, – the they had a press conference, and on the press conference actually said, if you've been to one of the shops in Bay Street, Port Melbourne, in the last two weeks, you must get tested. Yeah, so right. So I've heard, heard that on the um, – Heard that on the the press conference, so we're like, well, well, and some of the people were like, who at the clinic saying, well, no, I haven't been to any shops in Bay Street. I'm like, no, 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 we are a shop, uh, yes, in yeah. Bay Street. So yes, we all need to go test it. So it was a frantic, oh, run around, got to get tested, rah, rah. and then two hours later, it comes out on the website, we urge you to get tested. Right. Okay. And so we thought, all right, well, we'll get tested, but then we've got to isolate to get a, a negative result, blah, blah, blah. You know, how are we going to do this? We've got to juggle work and that sort of thing. And then it went a bit further to say a couple of hours later, when we're all rushing around, when are we going to test? Trying to juggle rosters. Um, no, we urge you to get tested. And if you get tested, you don't have to isolate if you haven't got any symptoms. So we're like, oh, so if you're rushing around sending vets who are on, on holiday, on a day off or whatever to, to get tested on their day off so they could work. Oh, it's a real, real good fun. Anyway, so but thank you. <laughs> thank you, Andre, for helping me to avoid there you the go. hot spot. Great and also choice, thank you, Andre. Thank you to our Patreon supporters, um, especially um, Lorenzo Paxil for wrapping her um, her, um, her uh, uh, pledge. Perfect. That's, that's on. Yeah. Perfect. Is that, yeah. That, thank you. Thank you very much. I actually got a question from Patreon supporter a little bit later on. We'll get to Excellent. Good stuff. Alrighty, mate. Now you got some stuff in the news, I can see. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, so scouring the news, uh, the news today, we've got a, uh, you know, for, for listeners in Australia and overseas who may or may not be aware that we have got a mouse plague happening in Australia. Like there are, there are mousy, mousies everywhere. I was, um, re, uh, heard someone talking about uh, up in, I think it might have been on the Murray, that the fish up there are getting, um, are getting absolutely plump and fat from all the mice that they're eating. Yeah. Which, you know, He's like, oh great, yeah. Let's go and eat some, eat some, you know, fish, yeah, mouse fish. That'd be that. That's delicious, yeah. Well, that, um, yeah. Apparently, when the, the fish are getting caught and getting gutted, they're just full of dead mice. Yeah, they're oh, in, the, in the river. It's, isn't that isn't that disgusting? Lovely. No, nothing like a little bit of carp with a mouse chaser, hey? Oh, absolutely. So this is from uh, the ABC, the New South Wales Country Hour. Uh, mouse plague causes national critical shortage of vitamin K for poisoned pets. Ooh, okay. So, um, so I'm going to run a little bit later. Uh, later on, we're going to give everyone a bit of a rehash on uh, on on rat bait and, and mouse bait toxicity. Oh, yeah, good idea. Things, yeah, yeah. Um, just given that it's now topical, um, and uh, there's some interesting things in this article some of which you know we'll talk about on air and some of which you and i might just talk about off air because right. that way we don't want to get done, get done for slander but anyway um <laughs> australia is facing a critical shortage of the antidote used to treat poisoned animals amid heavy use in areas impacted by the mice plague vets around the country say they are having trouble accessing vitamin k which is used to treat animals that have eaten poisoned mice or baits like mouse off manufacturers and suppliers say that there is unprecedented demand for the antidote. In the last two months, we've sold more vitamin K than we would normally would in 15 months, MavLab Animal Health National Sales Manager Joseph McQueen said. We've got more than 3,000 units on back order with customers waiting for orders that we can't supply, uh, can't currently supply. In a normal month, we sell 300 to 400 units of vitamin K. We'll have stock available again on Monday to fulfill those back orders, but we don't know how long this demand will go on for. Wow. Mr. Mr. McQueen said the company's doing all they could to alleviate the shortage, but were but uh but were had to comply. There we go. That's some interesting mm. editing there. With editing. Australian Pesticides and Veterinary Medicines Authority regulations. We're one of a number of companies that create vitamin K and everyone's feeling the same shortage, he said. Vitamin K is a registered product, so there are a lot of hoops to jump through with the APVMA. Our aim is by the end of June to have enough stock on hand to supply the market increases and future demand. Dog blood donors. Dubbo vet Ross Padrana said his practice has been inundated with poisoned pets needing life-saving procedures. In a normal year, we may see just the occasional case, he said. We couldn't estimate how many we've had this year, but two weeks ago on a Friday night, we had five cases arrive at the Ooh. same time. Roscoe. 
Yeah, yeah. right. Mate, we Roscoe. Are- we often have every IV in our practice going, putting in either plasma or vitamin K, or the vitamin K antidote into poison dogs. That's the same face that I made. <laughs> Hang on, there's a misquote there. Roscoe, he's not up for that. No way. Surely not. Dr. Padrana said most of the animals were saved, but huge quantities of the antidote were used in the process. Hardly a day goes by that we don't get admissions with various stages of mouse poisoning, he said. Right. Right Yeah. Wow. There's a bit going on in there. Okay. All these new poisons that people are using are very toxic. Dr. Padrana has also been using dog blood donors, including his own pup digger to facilitate transfusions. The owners are very willing to bring the dogs in at a moment's notice, which is great. He said, I'm fortunate to have a dog myself. That's a suitable donor. So sometimes we call on digger to take some blood from him when necessary. Now there is a photo here of, um, that was supplied by um, Dr. Padrana of um, uh, taking a blood sample from, uh, from little digger. Um, And, and, and in the picture there's um, one 25 uh, uh, mil a, a syringe syringe it's, it's yes filled with blood just as the second one's being taken from uh are, are you looking at the same photo yes i think i've yep, seen yep. the photo yes yep, yes yep, yep. so so the second the second syringe is being being filled up so that's that's going to be 50 mils of blood taking out of digger who's a jack russell who's probably about sort of you know maybe sort of <laughs> six or seven kilos yes. um and and I'm pretty sure that's one of the syringes that's sitting there just on with the end of it that's going to be going on the needle to then be going into the recipient animal just sitting on the towel. Um, but that's again fine, you know, for, mm-hmm. for that's yeah, that's mm-hmm. I'm sure everything will mm-hmm. all be good there. So good on Digger for giving up 50 mils of of, of blood, considering he's only a little fella. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a fair bit of fair bit of blood. It's uh, I guess a little dog that we're uh, hopefully saving. A couple of little dogs. Yes. Um, uh, vet, vet Kate Clayton said the impacts were being felt as far oh, afield as, yeah, as far yeah, as it's a small, small industry here. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. As far yep. afield as Western Australia, wholesalers informed us last week that there are very limited supplies. We're only able to order enough last week to do one patient. They advise we may not see further supplies until July at the earliest because current stocks are at critical levels. We basically have been put on rations. Dr. Clayton said she was seriously concerned. This time of the year, we probably see uh, the most cases of pet poisoning. We would see one to two cases a week. When there's none of the antidote and there's nothing else that can be used to treat these cases mm. readily it does make it a lot more difficult um uh, there's one more thing i want to say uh, that's right yeah um stock uh, stocks are healthy for now with dr padrana was confident that his practice had enough vitamin k to last until supplies were more readily available the reports i get from most other vets in the region is that they're mostly fairly well um, armed i think most vets in plague affected areas have got adequate stores on hand we've got heaps of plasma as our freezer ready to go as well as vitamin k so hopefully wow. they've just been having been sucking more little blood out of poor little digger and turning it into plasma um <laughs> Orange he does look quite and- pale. There is a photo on the front standing with, uh, with, <laughs> with, with, uh, with old Roscoe, and he it, looks, it looks a little a, pale, old digger. He's, he's sort of, he's sort of you know, just falling to the side. He looks a little bit old there too, little digger. He's got some, yeah. got some mouth, mouth open, panting yeah. a little bit, maybe just slightly <laughs> anemic. Um, orange vet Dr. Andrew Litchfield said that while his practice had large quantities on hand, Andy. they had. Andy, yep. Andy Litchfield, yep. Yeah, he had a podcast. national park uh, list uh, named after yes. him. Um, yeah. We probably have enough his dad, vitamin after his dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great, great uncle. Yeah. yeah, um, we probably have enough vitamin K to treat forty larger breed dogs. So, Lewis, I've just identified where all the uh, <laughs> where all the vitamin K is Andy. gone in Australia. Andrew Litchfield is is sitting on it all. So I think he might he might be trying to sell it all on the black market. You know, sometimes wow. you got to get through to the last paragraph to find out the real news story. Real news story <laughs> is Orange Vet stores all vitamin K. He's sitting on a stockpile. 40 large breed dogs. 40 large breed dogs That's worth inc- of vitamin K. Because fair to say, he's not going to run out for a while, I reckon. No, 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 no. It, it, and and you go through a, a a lot of vitamin K. Like I had, I had a dog the other day that um, just a little um, – Oh, I was like a like a terrier cross, probably about sort of twelve or fifteen kilos. And, oh, wasn't uh, and, wasn't digger? Was it? Wasn't no, no, it wasn't uh, digger. No, wasn't digger. Wasn't just digger. A, a little bit anemic, just no, no, some a bit vitamin bit. K. <laughs> um, 
uh, hopefully digger doesn't doesn't need need a need a blood transfusion um uh but no so th- so this dog cleared us out you know we had um we had one and a half bottles there and so that was it it gone i was i was mm. three tablets short so they had to come yeah, back right. and pick up another three tablets but um yeah okay yeah yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll get a hold of uh of dr litchfield in orange and see if he can spare yeah, a, a bottle can... or 20. well if anyone out there he's struggling for stocks Old, old Andy, Andy's got a little bit on hand. Just give him a quick call. Yes, you know, I'm sure he'll be in in a day with requests. Not, a, not a, I don't have a square to spare. Yeah, spare, spare a square, hey. But have have you heard about this new new drug that's coming? That's um like called the napalm of no. uh, of anticoagulants. It's been approved, I think, by the New South Wales government. I think it's bromadi oh, really? bro, I don't know how to say that. It's fairly similar to Loretta. Uh, Lawrence Paxmill, our, our, um, Your our pronunciation Patreon, Patreon supporter, yeah. That uh, so Bromad DLO now. I don't. I think pretty sure it has not got an antidote. So there's a real concern with that that it's been approved for use. Obviously, the the plague is just horrendous. So I've seen some, you, some videos of stuff. But so yeah, when you that, say no antidote, like that vitamin K doesn't work for it. Yeah, well, now I'm going a bit beyond the script here. I haven't researched it, All right. but I, yeah, my cool. understanding, my understanding is maybe uh, maybe there is an antidote, maybe there's not. But it's more about how it's going to it injures a uh, well, kills a lot of wildlife that eat, eat the mouse that are poisoned oh, by it, oh, and really? kills them kills them quite quickly. So, oh, wow. I, I think I think the actually the thing is with this one, it's sort of one little snack and they die. Whereas right. some of the uh, some of the other ones we use, they sort of had to have a few snacks on it to to you know gradually kill the mice over over a period of time. So. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit more with um when we talk oh, about the how much how, how much yeah things you need and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, what so what have you found other than you know napalm for mice? Well, I've I've found an article, mate, that's uh, basically every cat owning person's worst nightmare. Oh no, what's that? That the cats well, actually actually really do hate us. Well, firstly, thanks to Rihanna, the receptionist, for the content. Right, I must say that, but I do love all the other nurses, trainee nurses, um, all other staff uh, members, vet students, yep. staff members, bosses, other vets, yep. uh, clients, everyone that comes in. Yeah, the guy that that um, that washes the windows. I do like yep. him especially. Great, thanks for the content the too. Per- the the, per- the person that brings the uh, brings your orders in. The, That's right, the, the delivery the person. That- the lady the that comes that, and changes over the special bin in the toilets. Yeah, yeah. The person that that that, that packs the orders that then does end up at our clinic. I never see them, but thank no, you for but that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, no, yeah. actually, I'm going to go. No thanks to the person that packs our orders that keeps sending us the the crap little lollies rather yeah. than the good lollies. Yes. There's some shade right there. Yes. I'm with that too. Yeah, I yeah. Won't, won't name the company, but yeah, we've been getting some. When, oh. Once now we've gone from once a day orders to once every second day. Yeah, they really they've they've hit us hard. Oh. We've got some terrible. Oh. Well, snacks. what I've said to do when they keep coming in with those snacks, um, I just reckon we put them back in a box and we just send them back. Yeah, but oh, we've got to put yeah. a little X on there to make sure that they don't actually keep sending it back to us. That we're not just playing, you know, chocolate eclair boomerang. <laughs> Well, I, I put a reply paid on there, so they pay for it, and then I put a brick as well as the um, as well as all the snacks in there. So there's a little bit of extra money that goes into sending that back. Nice. Anyway, so every every cat owner's worst nightmare. Yes. This is from sevennews.com.au. Police in Spain came across a grisly scene after entering the apartment of an elderly woman who had not been seen by her neighbour for months. Whoa! Was there was there rain on the plane in Spain as well? <laughs> Last Monday, authorities entered the apartment of Clara Innes Tobin, no problem with pronunciation there, 79 from Madrid, following complaints about a oh, strange odor. smell. Strange odor. Yes. Dun, right. Dun. Case oh. file. Yeah. They found her dismembered body surrounded oh. by the corpses of five of her cats. Oh God, she's, 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 she's gone full, full toot and Carmen. She's gone. You know, she's gone and the cats are gone too. Local outlet El Mundo reported El Mundo. That means, oh. that means the moon. Yeah. Pretty okay. Sure. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm fluent. Clara's upper body had been partially eaten by her cats. Oh God. <laughs> she, she had seven cats in total, five of them who died of starvation with two found alive. <laughs> But malnourished. Oh my goodness! Have you ever seen that movie Alive? The one up no, in the, uh, 
That's how I'm No, sorry. no, no. Don't it's talk not about Thornic. It's about, la, 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 la. It's about the plane that crashes, the soccer team, oh. the plane that crashes in oh, the in the Himalayas. Yes. And then they, um, yeah, they're, they're trying to work out how they're going to survive. And they end up, um, yeah, sort of munching on the goalie. Mm. Was it the goalie? How did they? Oh, well, anyway, won't go to that. <laughs> he's probably the... <laughs> I guess he's probably the plumper one. He doesn't run as much. He's probably got a bit more body fat, maybe. Anyway, Clara, they've been lying dead for at least three months, authorities oh, estimate. Gee. With no kids of her own or a partner, the close, closest friends she had were her cats. Oh, no. Isn't that just a cat person's worst nightmare, don't you reckon? Just, just, just die, dying alone with your cats. And being eaten by cats. Yeah, yeah. Police were alerted after a strange smell of multiple flies began emanating from her flat. A neighbour described the smell to local outlet El Mundo. Sometimes it smelled bad from the cats and the boxes of food that came up, but this time there was a very strong... Now, I'm not sure about the editorialisation here and the translation. There was a very strong plague, he said. Right. Now, is, that a, is that a plague of flies or is that plague as in plague would smell quite bad? Oh, um, yeah, the smell of the stench of death. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, that's right. Very yeah. strong smell of death or the plague. Yeah. Police immediately suspected someone was dead upon arrival at the scene. Okay. Right. Yep. Clara's door was locked, so a firefighter climbed in through a window. Ooh. Oh, I, pity the, I pity the fool. Pity the fool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Short straws on that one. A national yeah, send police... the rookie in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gary. Yeah. You're up, mate. See. Up. See. You know, Gary. <laughs> don't, go and, don't go and get those coffees. No. Okay. Hola, hola, Gary. Hey, muchas gracias. Yeah, no, <laughs> time, no, no time for, for siesta. In you go. <laughs> vamos, vamos. Yeah. In the window, the, the, the fenestra. Anyway, uh, National Police Officer told us the worst thing he'd seen since he worked. Authorities carried out an autopsy on one of the cats who was already dead to confirm it had eaten part of its owner's corpse. Oh. The two cats that, that had survived the ordeal were taken to a local animal shelter and are up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone that's game, yeah, the game cat lover who perhaps doesn't live, live alone. Yeah, the you names are Hannibal and Lecter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah flava beans and a nice shianti. <laughs> They're up for adoption. So if anyone liked to, there's a nice cute little photo of them and wow. you can go online and adopt. Pretty sure they're not running out the door. No, 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 not, not necessarily. No, no. No. So how these kitties, little sweet little cats, end up here? Well, it's a bit of a story. It's, a, it's an interesting story. Yeah. Well, the poor old lady, previous owners Clara. passed away. You poor know, Clara. um, and and these ones survived by um eating her flesh and that of uh, the other four cats in the house. <laughs> um, but it's okay because cats are obligate carnivores, so that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and they aren't they sweet? Yeah. So beautiful. so sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just keep an eye on them at night. And don't fall into a deep sleep. Yeah, not not a deep sleep no, because no, 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 that's that's triggering for them. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. very triggering. It's a different side that you'll see of them at that stage. Exactly. Wow. Anyway, hey, now you got something else on mate? a on a on a con, on a on a happier note. This is uh, hey. sent through from um from uh, from from Christina. Uh, sent through. Um, she uh, the on the exact message was um this is great pod fodder. So um this is from uh, ABC News here in Melbourne, ABC Radio Melbourne. Meet the COVID nineteen swab dogs of Melbourne, making everyone smile. Oh. A pathology collector working at drive-through COVID-19 testing sites in Melbourne's north has been documenting the dogs who have accompanied their owners for a swab. Tiffany, because that's in, where we're uh, in Melbourne where there's absolute hotbeds. So there's people um, getting swabbed left, right and centre. Um, Tiffany White, who also works in traffic control, began posting photographs on the Instagram page Swab Dogs of Insta in January. I did a shift at Heidelberg Repat Hospital and all these gorgeous dogs were coming through and I thought, stuff it, we need an Instagram page because these dogs are, are too cute, she said. Since then, Miss White and some of her colleagues have asked if they can take a photo of every dog that has come through the testing site all but one person has said yes and the page now features more than 280 photographs not just of dogs we'll post whatever animals come through miss white said the weirdest could be the bird in the cage and the cats the cats are like why are you looking at me <laughs> you know, or maybe can i eat you Mrs. yeah white potentially said, oh. is that food 
this is food, not food. Yeah, I'm hoping my owner does have COVID because then I'm, I'm feeling a bit a bit pickish. Well, uh, that, this... that is a little footnote to Clara's story. She did die of COVID. Oh, crap, really? Oh, okay. Well, I'll take yeah. that one back. Um, yeah. Because, because we, <laughs> do know the cats can get, we do know the cats can get COVID. So if you are going to go and, uh, and, and adopt those, uh, those two other cats, maybe just get them tested first. Yeah. Um, well, maybe they were a couple of the cats that have rocked up to be tested. At, uh, at the northern suburbs, Swap Dogs of Insta. The they dogs. shouldn't be there with their owners, Lewis. Mm, no, on their own, just oh driving goodness. in. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so uh, particularly over January, February and March, we we're all uh, under the tent in full PPE with temperatures up to 40 degrees. So to see a dog come in, it's like this is the best thing. It just makes everyone smile. As queues at testing sites ramp up and Melbournians wait to see what happens with the latest outbreak, Miss White said that she would continue to bring swab dogs to Instagram. At the end of the day, all we want to do is spread some joy and there is nothing more joyful than a slobbery dog sticking their head out of the window and licking the swab that you're supposed to be getting shoved (laughs) up your nose. Yes. Yes, very nice. Oh, thanks, Christina. Great yes. bit of pod fodder. What? What great pod fodder? Yeah, fantastic. Well, I got a, just a quick one. Well, uh, yep. the um, remember we talked about the the we're a lot of rats and mice today, aren't we? What, is there a is there a, is there a page um uh swab rats of Insta? Is there swab rats? I don't think so. Mice? I haven't seen I haven't seen swab minks of Insta Insta either swab because I think they all, they're all dead. Oh, the minks. Yes. Yes, the minks. Yes. That page is in Belgium, wasn't it? Didn't yes. quite make it. After years of detecting landmines, a heroic rat is hanging up his sniffer. Oh, we've spoken. He is a friend of a pod. Friend of the yeah, pod. We've spoken exactly. about this rat before. Exactly. Magawa, friend yes. of the podcast. Magawa has been working for five years in Cambodia, sniffing out dozens of landmines. Yeah. Five years a rat. Right. Well. Mm, okay. A good He's age. An old rat. He's yeah. an old rat. Now, the animal is about to embark on a well-deserved retirement. Although he's good, still in good health, he's reached a retirement age and he's clearly starting to slow down, the non-profit Apopo said on Thursday. I can't remember what that stood for, but we did talk about it in another episode, so go back and check that and out. listen to them all and find where it was. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> it is time. Magawi is a Tanzanian-born African giant pouch rat who was trained by a popo to sniff out explosive. With careful training, he and his rat colleagues learned to identify landmines and alert their human handlers so the mines can be safely removed. He's found, uh, he's searched over 2.4 million square feet of land. Gee whiz. He's found 71 landmines and 38 items of unexploded ordnance. Wow. He's received How many a... any car keys? Did he find any car keys? <laughs> Great point. Good point. I had to check that. Let me just uh Yeah. <laughs> Three sets article. of car keys. <laughs> yes. Yes. One set of car keys. Um in a virtual ceremony, he received a, a an award, a gold medal for his life-saving walk work from UK charity PDSA. Oh, yeah, we've spoken about the PDSA in the past as well. Mm. Yes. Yeah, he's uh um yeah, and also uh, uh, Popo uses positive reinforcement methods that give the rats food rewards for accomplishing tasks such as finding a target or walking across a surface. Then they're trained in scent discrimination, choosing explosive smells over something else to get a food reward. Though they have terrible eyesight, the rats are ideal for such work with their extraordinary sense of smell and their size. They are too light to trigger the mines. When they detect a mine, they lightly scratch atop it, signaling to their owner what they found. Their yep. reward, a banana. Whoa, that's Whoa. the currency. There's, um, I think it's, there's a, a pretty strong correlation between the rats that scratch too hard on the landmines and, and them not necessarily continuing on with their uh with their job and also early on they did learn that probably the ladyfinger banana was better than your your standard full-size banana to throw once they found <laughs> because it didn't trigger the, the yeah. plate when they're rewarding them from a distance <laughs> yeah okay, throwing right, the yeah. banana yeah you're not banana using in the big one yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right <laughs> We really trust our rats because very often after clearing a minefield, our team will play a game of soccer on the cleared field Holy to assure crap. the quality of our work. Jesus. That's some faith in old Magawa, isn't it? Crikey. He doesn't want to be having a... And all they're giving him is a banana. He doesn't want to be having an off day. 
No, and you go, no. And you go today's oh. the day for soccer, but McGowie's just just not not feeling it. I've got a bit of a head cold today, and I'm just not, <laughs> just not quite can't quite pick up my sense the same well, way. Well, well, I've just caught COVID, and I'm I just don't I'm just not really smelling it today. Yeah, yeah, just not quite Lots there. Of smell. Lots of yeah. sense of smell. I, I think I'm working at 95% capacity today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cox said the rats have freed more than 1 million people from the terror of living with landmines. Yeah. What On an weekends, excellent job they're doing. Yeah. On the weekend, the rats get special feast meals. And once their skills wane, well, actually, the uh, the um, high chair spread, you want to be careful. You're not getting too much good meals on the weekend. That's exactly right. Because the lightweight rat just tipping the scales. Just Oof. a little bit. Kapow! Yes. And once their skills wane, they go to a rat retirement home where they get food and play for the rest of their days. Excellent. But would you reckon that they'd still want to try and keep sniffing out the um, the, the explosives? You know, because, I mean, they've been trained to, you know, they, do you think the life's ever going to be the same for them if they don't get to smell that 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 that, that nice, you know, bitter, rewarding smell of the, of the gunpowder? Well, they go, now I get my banana. Well, I'll tell you, it makes it hard on New Year's Eve, mate, when the party poppers come out. Oh, yeah, yes. the rats go crazy. They're rats scratching and scratching. Yeah, 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 they're scratching. They're bananas everywhere. Then <laughs> When the staff having the party poppers and, you, and it's fireworks on New Year's Eve. Woo! Gee whiz. Gee whiz. Yeah, no, there's, there's a mad scramble. So there you go. Thank you very much, Magawi, for your service. Absolutely. What a tremendous, you know, all, all jokes aside, what an awesome thing. Yeah. Gee whiz. Actually making a difference. Here we are two, two idiots just talking <laughs> talking rubbish. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, that, and that rat's yes. actually saving lives and the, and the train. I mean, what an excellent job they're doing. Anyway, yeah, amazing. Um, all advice on this show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we've missed anything or if you need any clarifications. What do you got, mate? You've got uh, a little bit, Top- bit more rat talk. Topic, Topical, topical, topical. I wanted to go, Lewis, given that there's all this stuff about, um, and we mentioned earlier on in the podcast about rat bait, I thought it might be worthwhile just uh, rehashing and rewarming the leftovers of our nice. previous rat bait, uh, rat bait talks. What yeah. is it, how it works and, uh, and what the problems are for your pets. Right. So, um, what is it? So what is it? It's a, it's, so, uh, it's a poison. Um, so what the what the theory behind it is is it is a um it's what's called a vitamin vitamin k antagonist so vitamin k is one of the um uh, one of the the essential vitamins that our body needs for getting jobs done around the body and vitamin k special one is to produce clotting factors so in our liver we've got certain enzymes that produce certain clotting factors and it uses vitamin k in order to do that so when our bodies clot um, you've got your um, you've got your little platelets. Platelets are the little plugs that plug up the the holes initially, but then you get this nice big curtain of um, of protein that gets laid down over the top of it, which is set off by the by the clotting cascade. Now there's you know a dozen different different clotting factors here, there, and everywhere, but there are four specific ones that get knocked out when the an animal so when a rat eats vitamin K. What happens is that vitamin K uh, or the vitamin with the poison, that poison then kicks the vitamin K out of the enzyme so that then the enzyme can't work. So you end up not producing these clotting factors. If you can't produce those clotting factors, you can't stop yourself from bleeding. And that's what causes the rats and the mice to die. They bleed out. It ain't pretty, but that's what happens. Yep. 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 So the risk is, is that, is that our domestic pets they use these same pathways. They've still got the same enzymes in their liver to produce the same clotting factors, which means that this poison will block off their enzymes as well. So what happens is if you've got a dog and less likely a cat that's going to eat the, eat the poison straight up, that poison is going to get taken up. So they eat it orally. It gets taken up by their intestines, goes to the liver and basically just obliterates all of these enzymes, stops them from working. So then you've only got the clotting factors that you've got left floating around in your body then to try and stop you from bleeding until your body starts to produce new enzymes to produce new clotting factors. So that is when your pets can then bleed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about uh, – so obviously they can get it from eating the bait straight off the yep. ground or, you know, wherever wherever it's been put or, or whatever, eating the blocks of, of, of bait. But mm. uh, what about if uh, a cat or a dog eats a mouse that's been poisoned with 
the with the with the right right yeah with the bait. What happens yeah. then? Does that does it? So so it's all about volume, you know, and concentration, yeah, right. you know. So so if you've got a dog or a cat that is going to eat straight from the block, they're getting high, high, high concentrations yep. of that um, of that poison straight into their body. Um, because a rat or a mouse is just taking a little nibble, 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 there might not be as much concentration in it. There will still be some, but the question is, is, is there enough that's actually going to kick out all of the dog or cat's um, uh, enzyme producing or uh, clotting factor uh, producing yep. abilities. So I guess the, the, the long and the short of it is if your dog, or your cat's eating a bucket load of mice or particularly they've got a penchant for the, for the mouse's liver and mm. they're sort of leaving, leaving everything else, but the liver and they're just hoeing into that liver. Yeah. There is a chance they could get enough that they could have, um, they could have clotting issues. Yeah, but right it's right. usually, um, and I guess it, yeah. it can build up with time as well. You know, so if you're eating yep. lots and lots and lots, then you can get this sort of cumulative effect too. Um, but it tends to be that you're just having the, having the poison. Yeah, right. And so what sort of clinical signs are you looking for in your in your uh, household pet, apart from eating the block of rat sack? Yeah. What are you looking for? So the so thankfully most of the time people do actually find the find the rat bait. You know, they they've either seen their dog, their dog eating it, they've seen the dog with the blue or the green around on its lips. <laughs> yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, what, what rat bait? I never saw anything at all. Exactly. Bit, bit like the Zilkeen on the nose. I don't know what you're talking about. And the, yep. and the, the rolled up hundred dollar note sitting next to it. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's the only yes. thing hundred dollar notes are useful. Um, uh, so, so yeah, there's that. But if you've got a dog that has eaten the bait and you don't know, often you don't actually see clinical signs until the point where your dog, your cat is bleeding and it ain't stopping. So mm. basically, you know, blood's supposed to be on the inside. So if it's on the outside, you got to try and work out why. So it can be bleeding from anywhere, nose, mouth, um, you know, uh, from your bits, you know, out from your penis or vulva or out yeah, of your urine, bum. Yeah, um, yeah. The really tricky ones are then when they're bleeding internally, because you often don't see the signs of that because obviously they're bleeding on the inside, but you'll see pale gums. Um, trouble breathing. Maybe the abdomen's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but also you can get swelling in the, uh, in your limbs. So say, mm -hmm. you know, the dog's out at the off-lead dog park and some silly Labrador knocks them over. Well, you can get a huge hematoma or, or um, you yeah, know, blood clot. Bruise, yeah. Like yep. Bruise Bru forming in your actual muscles. So that can just be getting bigger and bigger and bigger as, um, as time goes on too. So uncontrolled bleeding or pale gums um, or yeah, really bad bruising and, and swelling of the limbs sometimes coughing too i suppose or sneezing seizing blood sometimes something you know, bleeding yes yeah, yeah epistaxis bleeding from the you know the nose or sneezing yeah that sort of yeah. thing so, yeah anywhere yeah. where you've got a hole the blood's not supposed to be coming out of if there's blood coming out of it i'd go and see your vet yes <laughs> sounds like a plan mate <laughs> and, what, and what will the vet do what, what are we looking what what sort of treatment we got so or test what tests we do what so, so testing wise, as in, has my dog, um, you know, I've got a bleeding dog. Is it, is it because of rat bait or is it because of something else? You do a clotting profile. So what we do is we do blood tests in order to a work out how anemic your dog is, you know, like, so they're bleeding. Are they badly anemic and do they need red blood cells to save their life? Um, but we look at where we were talking before about the clotting cascade. There are tests that you can do that actually test the different pathways of that clotting cascade yep. to give you an idea of, right, well, if those clotting times are elevated or chances are, yeah, you probably had access to rat bait. It can also go up if you've got things like um, snake bites or if you've got weird things like haemophilias and that sort of stuff. But if those are up and you've got green stuff around on your lips, chances are you haven't eaten a green lolly snake and that's causing the bleeding. Chances are you've eaten a, uh, you've, you've eaten some sort of rat bait. So yeah. um, uh, I, think the, I think, yeah, I think the interesting thing with that is obviously it can take a few days for that, blood clotting to become an issue apparent. for that hemorrhage. Yeah, it'd be, yeah. become apparent, exactly. So often owners will ring us and say, oh, we've eaten some rat sack four or five hours ago. Yeah. You know, we need, to, we need to come in. It's urgent. Well, it's urgent if they've eaten it within perhaps the last hour where we can make them vomit and hopefully bring up the rat sack. But if it's over, well, over a couple of hours, normally we'd say, look, we actually either – 
well, well, you'll talk about you know, treatment options in a minute, but yeah. but we might actually delay testing for, for a couple of days, depending on what the vet might think. And it might not yeah. be a case of you need to rush to the vet, to the emergency centre urgently, yeah. because it does take a few days for the rat sack that you've eaten to actually cause the, the clotting issues. Yeah, because it's, because it's about not producing new clotting factors you've still got those clotting factors that you had before you ate the poison still there like it's not wiping those out it's just stopping any new ones from being yep. made yeah um but yet so uh th- there's no there's no way of being able to test to see whether or not you know that you can't do a test to test them for the poison in the blood or anything like that often it's just a thing of well hang on if you if you had six cakes of rat bait out and now you've got none and you've got a labrador that looks very very happy with himself let's <laughs> yeah. make the assumption that it's inside you'll try and make yeah. them vomit uh, so, so if somebody brings in and they're and they've just eaten it yeah we'll try and try and make them vomit try and puke it all up um because if we can do that we can really decontaminate the tummy and and then um hopefully then that'll be it um Otherwise, you start them on vitamin K, you know, so so we use a vitamin K tablet, as we were speaking earlier, that, you know, go and see Dr. Litchfield up in Orange because he's got all Australia's vitamin K stores. Um, well, don't go to Chemist Warehouse because it's got to be vitamin K1, not right. vitamin K3 that you can get from Chemist Warehouse. So don't go to your Chemist wow, Warehouse. Go, you go. Look at me. I've got vitamin K. It's uh. It's got to be vitamin K1. Just well, there you no. go, yeah. listeners. Yeah, yes, yeah. Get a, yes. Getting a big deal there, you know. Yep. Um, so so what the vitamin K does, and the reason why we load up load up dogs with it as much as what we do when we're um, when they're in this situation, is to try and just smother the liver with vitamin K so that they produce more of these enzymes that are going to produce more of these clotting factors. Um, and basically you know, they can be on treatment for two to three weeks in order to try and make sure that we're giving them as much chance to try and produce all of that new clotting factor that you normally can. Um, and then usually the, the way that we do it is or way that way that I do it is, two to three days after they've finished the, the vitamin K, they come in and then we do another one of those clotting tests. Yep. If we do that clotting test and their clotting time is fine, we should be good. If the clotting time is still low or is still too long, which means that they're, that they're still not clotting right, you put them back onto more vitamin K again. Because the, the half-life for a, the, one of the clotting factors, I think is about sort of 12 or 18 hours, maybe 24 hours, Deb, but no. Um, but, and so then that way it comes. So if you're doing it inside of that um, two-day mark, you're going to get these dogs that are actually having clinical problems with their, uh, with their clotting. That's right. And if look, I think if, uh, if Andy up in Orange is running short on, on the vitamin K, there, it may be a, there may be a slight change in the way we we sort of treat or, or manage these cases. If we do run out of vitamin K, it may be a case of we wait a couple of days and actually do a blood test Correct. in a couple of days rather than sort of whacking everything on vitamin K if we've got such a shortage. So it's going to be interesting to yeah. watch watch this space and, and see, I guess, a little bit yeah. more what sort of develops. And I mean, other treatment things that you'll do, like if, if you've got a dog that is actively bleeding because they're actively, you know, can't clot, um, you replace you replace what they've lost, so you put them, give them red blood cells, but also you give them plasma. So plasma yep. is a um, is a it's the 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 proteiny part of blood that contains those clotting factors. So you put all of those in there in order to try and help to hold the dog's hand and try and help them plug that hole up while you're waiting for their uh, own body to start producing it again. That's right. You ring up Roscoe and he, he pulls out a syringe from Digger and mails it down to you. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. There you Just, go, Bob's your uncle. Come on in, Digger. Lie out on the side there, son. Yeah, we wow. need some more of that red stuff. Hope he gets a nice steak afterwards. Oh, yeah, he thinks so. Big treats yeah. afterwards. Lots of lots of liver treats. Yes. Afterwards, yeah. yes. So anyway, yes. there you go, guys. Um, wow, so, so, good stuff. So rat, rat baits and, and mouse baits, they are out there. They are a problem. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see if we can get more, a bit more info on this um, on this uh, terrible one that Lewis was telling us about. On the new napalm. Yeah, it sounds yeah. horrible. Anyway, we've got a question this week from uh, from Rebecca Duffy. Uh, Patreon supporter, thank you very much, Rebecca. Hey, um, Rebecca. Similar to um, to our friend Lorena, um, Lorena. The thing pa- that's Paracetamol. most is that you can still manage to come up with different names each time. <laughs> yeah, you know, ever even crapper pronunciation of Paul Laura's name each and every time. Easy. I've been saying that every time. I've been saying Laura Paxina every time. Every, so every you've time. been. You've just been hearing lapazaman paracetamol. I just, I, just, I just keep getting these these little glitches. Yeah, you just hear lapazaman paracetamol every time. Every time, different. it's it's the damnedest thing. 
Yeah, Rebecca Duffy says, hi, Robbie and Lewis. I'm still loving your podcast. Hey. Hey, thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, thanks, Rebecca. Hopefully there's enough grit for you. Well, she does say, I am enjoying the extra grit too. Oh, fantastic. I'm always looking forward to new episodes, especially the gritty ones. Cool. And lis- listen to the old less gritty ones while waiting. Yeah, uh, that's good. I mean, sometimes sometimes you just need the smooth to, you know, you can't go grit all the time. Yeah, you need to know where you've come from, don't you? Sometimes. Exactly. Yes. To appreciate uh, where you are. I asked you for advice about being a vet tech a few months ago and now I have an update and another question. I'm still going to college to become a vet tech, but I just started my first job in the veterinary field. Hey, good job, Rebecca. Welcome to the Congratulations. Yeah, that's amazing. Good on you. I'm working as a vet assistant at a cat hospital. Ah, nice. I'm really, I'm really loving it and I'm learning and I'm learning so much. Do you have any tips for working specifically with cats? Thank you so much, Rebecca Duffy. And uh, P.S. If uh, you could have Deb on the show a little bit more, perhaps I would appreciate that because it's been since Christmas last year that she was on. Thanks, Rebecca. No, wow. no problems at all. Maybe we'll get her on the um the the far north Queensland road trip show. Hey, we we're talking about that. That will be fun. <laughs> but um, any tips, mate, for working specifically with cats? I've got one. Yes. First one. Don't. No, no, <laughs> yes, no, 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 no. I, I was, I was hoping you weren't going to go with that, but you know, but you did. You brought that into evidence. Um, no. I, the, one of the things I find with cats, and we've got a um a, a new trainee nurse um with us at work as well. Um, I find with cats, it's about um, sort of constant control, but not too much control. You know, like you don't, you want them to feel like they're, um, they're, you're, you're controlling them, but not that they can feel like they can sort of get away. But then if you put too much pressure on them, then they go, oh, no, that's it. No, all bets are off. Stick it up your bum. I'm now going to go, you know, go Chernobyl. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a real, you know, it takes time to sort of understand the, the, the body language of cats and how to, how to handle them. What do you reckon? Oh, definitely. Look, I think. I, I talk a lot about less is more with cats, you know, yeah. hold, hold them less. They often enjoy, you know, they definitely not like perhaps dogs that, that like a little bit of, um, that are ha- more happy to be held. I suppose. I think with cats, I, um, I, I'm really big on taking them really slowly yeah. um, and taking your time with them. You know, cats don't like to be rushed. They take a little bit, little, little while to, um, uh, to, to get used to an environment um, and, and they can be quick to change. Mm. Um, so, so take them really slowly and they could take a long time to calm down as well. It's important too. So yeah. that that's important. I, I do, do think learning their body language is something that's really going to help a vet tech like yourself, you know, getting really attuned to the, the movement of their ears. The ears is very, mm. can give you a lot of information um, as, uh, as can the pupils, the dilated pupils, many I'm fearful or, or scared. Um uh, you know, uh, and when you approach them, just uh, taking them slowly. Often, I when I approach cats, I actually offer them one finger, yep. just from a distance, and let them come up and just tap, tap their nose on my finger and have a good smell. And you know, I'll, I'll use a lot of feliway. I put feliway on my hands. I use a lot of that feliway on towels and things that, that we're using to maneuver them around. But I'll put out my finger and just let them come up and just sort of sniff and and, and test out my finger. And then I'll judge how they react to that. Are they coming up for more of a pat? You know, are they coming to the front of the cage or are they carrying the, the back of the cage and they need a bit more time or you need to change the way you're doing things um, to adjust with them. If they're in a carrier, I'm a real fan of opening the carrier from the top. Yes. Not trying to drag them out from the, mm-hmm. from the, the front. If, if that's possible, I really love a carrier that opens at the top and, and cats love sitting in the carrier, you know, that you can put a towel over some cats. They just love just sitting in there and, yeah. and you can do a full examination inside the carrier as well. Using lots of soft blankets and towels and that sort of thing. Um, you know, Feliway is great. Zilkeen, of course, is, hey. is really good. Yes. You know, um, if they're coming in for a visit, start them a few days before a visit can, can always help. Um, I'm a big fan, actually, Avoiding scruffing too. Yep. I'm a, uh, a really very, very anti scruffing myself, um, which actually friend of the show, Richard Gowan puts us at odds often. I, I, um, I know he, he's, he owns a cat clinic and I know he, he uses, well, he will use scruffing in emergency situations, perhaps yep. a little bit more readily than I would put it that way. I'm not saying he's a, he's a big scruffer, but, um, but I will, you know, it's almost a last minute, avoidance thing i'll use a scruffy for cats perhaps going to 
injure themselves or jump out or, or be hurt or need something quickly done that, um, that, that needs it. But I will try and avoid scruffing as much as I can because that just really riles some cat ups, cat, cats up quite quickly. I'm also a big fan of uh, Sophia Yin's book. If you can get a copy of this, it's called Low Stress Handling, Restraint and Behaviour Modification of Cats and Dogs or Dogs and Cats, Techniques for Developing Patients Who Love Their Visits. I'm a big fan of showing on the screen now to Robbie. Yep. I don't know if you've seen that one, Robbie. I'm a massive fan of that book. It is quite expensive, um, but if you can get a copy, it's some great techniques on, um, on handling cats without them getting upset and without your vets getting injured. Mm. Um, uh, and then I guess, you know, using treats, if, if you can, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of people and vets, owners, techs, whatever, think that cats don't take treats. Well, I have cats in consults that regularly eat treats these days. I, I have yeah. a whole selection of treats, you know, it depends what, you know, what country you're in, but I use a lot of greenies. I use liver treats. I use chicken treats. I'll just keep giving treats until I find one. Hopefully they like, I like those dine. Um, we've got them in Australia, dine. Just got something to work. Yes, yes. yes. I love those. Yeah, they're in little tubes. So if you've got something like that um, in, in your country, um, you know, over in America, I think you are certainly, certainly use those. Try and convince, if a cat's getting upset, convincing your vets to use chemical restraint. Don't be afraid to use medications. Don't be yep. afraid to, to give them an anesthetic to... Um, you know, to give them a gas box or something like that to, um, if, if you're worried about your, um, safety, your safety and the, and the, and the animal's well-being. spot yep. on mate. Exactly. And, and I think probably the final one is uh, just, I guess if you're in an all cat clinic and you're there after hours, perhaps just make sure you don't die at work. Or, you know, Definitely given, don't die. Or if you do, make sure they're in the cage. Yeah, that's right. They're all, they're all, yeah, they're yes. all confined because it didn't go so well. No, Carla. No, cats are watching you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're watching, so, watching you. Anything to add, mate? What do you reckon? No, I think I think that's fairly comprehensive. Oh. I'd figure that you'd probably have a little bit more in the uh, right there. Um, I I love handling cats. I, I reckon cats are cats are great. They um, there are cats that we've got at work that um, yeah, I, I think. The key is 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 work like some some cats are, are fine. You can do anything with them, and and everything's everything's great. The the trick I find is learning the ones that need that special attention and giving them that special attention. You know, and be and the the days of like and I, I say it to owners, you know, like I had someone come in the other day for a cat with a um to be vaccinated, and um it was it was walking around. I think I was talking about it in the, the, the last pod where it's w- walking around the clinic and it was aroused. Yeah. You know, it was just sort of hyper reactive to things, you know? Um, and I knew, well, hang on. If I, if I'm just going to, you know, pick this cat up and, and put it on the table and, and give it an injection, it is going to flip out. And this is a 15 month old cat and it's going to get worse and worse and worse each and every year, every year. And I said, you know, we've got another 12 years of visits of this cat coming in here let's try and make sure we do, you know, we don't try and set it down a path of thinking that every time it comes in, things are evil. Um, and that's a real change that I've had in the last um, probably sort of five, five, certainly 10 years, but mainly in the last five, just going, I just don't like having animals that hate me. And I know I've lost clients mm-hmm. of where people go, what do you mean you want me to give my cat this at home before bringing yeah. it in? Just, just, just give it the injection. That's what it's, that's what's yeah. happened every, every yeah. early years ago. Yeah. yeah I, I know. But the reason why, I'm at in this position now is because your cat hasn't had the opportunity. Like um, mm. one of the, one of the listeners to the show, um, Trace, this would be ringing, ringing true for her. Like, so her, her cat Cleo, um, whenever she comes in, if she comes in for her um, arthritis injections, it's fine. We got, I can check her, give her the arthritis injections. Everything's absolutely fine. But when she's due for blood tests or urine tests, cause she's an old cat and she's had hypothyroidism. So we need to periodically keep an eye on her, um, on her bloods. Um, she gets some, some gabapentin yeah. comes in and she's, you know, she, she sits there. I can grab the blood sample. Um, that was, a, there was something else I was going to add and I couldn't yeah. remember what it was, but I remember now um, mm. I've, for a while now stopped using clippers for cats oh, when yeah. trying to get their bloods for, for um, from their neck because um, you know uh, for the number of animals that flip out when you get oh, put yeah. clippers near their necks compared to the number that you see actually getting like I still swab it with um, with metho and sometimes I might have like it's a, it's a fat neck I might need to do it in order to try and give me a chance but otherwise I'll try and do it with so if you can take blood without without clipping I reckon that's the that's the big trick mm. for me you mm. know that, that you just really helps to settle them down or, or yeah 
cranking up. Yeah, I definitely. No, I definitely. I try not to use clippers if, if I can avoid it. Um, you can also use sort of some lignocaine gels and uh, Emla cream can help sort mm. of numb, numb those sites and um, make it make it a bit easier to give. But, um, but yeah, certainly just just watching the cat body language. I reckon that's the biggest thing that you you can learn yourself. Just realizing that, that cat is is close to getting really upset with you or that cat. You know, um, and it can change quickly. You can have a cat that gets really it's really really smooching. Often you're a bit more nervous of those ones sometimes because then when you do try and hold them or do something with them, they can really sort of turn quite quickly. Mm. So um, yeah. hopefully that's, that's, uh, that's given you, but yeah, you said great question though, Rebecca. Yeah. yeah you said Gabby Penton as well. Yeah. I, I yeah. do like that as well, Robbie, definitely if needed. Great question. Hopefully we've uh, answered for you, but if you have got a question, uh, you can join us on Patreon. You could, you could, if you find the podcast gritty, the new improved grit, Yes, extra like, grit, like like some of the set the seven millimeter river pebbles that are waiting out for me in the uh, that in the in the driveway. I have to go and shovel now. That 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 level nice. of grit. If you like hopefully, that level of grit, hopefully it's just enough rain for you, mate. So you're just uh, oh, working a bit of rain bit, of, now, bit of uh, it's getting there. It might rain oh, anyway. Crap. You've got a question? Get on Patreon um, or send us an email to vets at gmail We're there. We are we are on the socials as well. We're there but, too. Um, but uh, anyway. We uh, better let Robbie go out and and uh, and do scree, some scree his driveway. Yes. We'll scratch you later. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.